The thoughts and opinions on Just Some Podcast are of the hosts and guests and do not represent the views of organizations that employ them or they volunteer for. They are also not responsible for spontaneous black holes or nuclear wars that may occur. You have been warned. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another fun-filled and exciting episode of Just Some Podcast. This is Tom. Hey, this is Ben. Tom, how's it going, man? Well, we are recording on a Sunday afternoon, and my football team is winning. So it is a great day for me so far. Uh, How's your day going, Ben? You know, Tom, it's been great. Uh, We were supposed to record 15 minutes ago, and because you're late, yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, well, you could take that up with the Apple. I'm sure Tim Cook will get right on any problems you report, sir. So just go ahead and let him know that his computer is like to, uh, what's the, like ambush restart is what I like to call it on me. Cause I just open it up and I sign in. It's like, oh, you need a restart. And then it tells you, by the way, it's going to take 10 minutes. So you fix that problem with him, not me. It's all your fault. <laughs> Well, technically, to think, you know what? We're recording today. Let's check my damn computer. I'm just saying. Well, a good podcast host would. I never claim to be a good podcast host, so that's your that's your second problem of the day, other than your secondary. So, oh, <laughs> Tom, let's get off of football because there's nothing good to talk about, and we'll welcome our guest to the show, Tom. This is going to be a little unusual show because we're actually going to have two guests. Uh, which I don't think we've ever done before. I don't think so either. Yeah, they're they're breaking into new territory with us today. <laughs> so we'll welcome <laughs> Celestina and Josh to the show. How you guys doing? Hey, hey, what's up, guys? Good, good. How you guys doing? Well, well, I'm doing great. <laughs> so <laughs> I heard, I heard you're doing great. <laughs> ben, yeah. Ben, not so much. Cool. Ben, not so much. <laughs> Plan for draft picks. It's okay. <laughs> You're going to need them because, as I told you earlier in a text, I was expecting my receivers to beat your secondary by catching, not just throwing. That one even got me by surprise, Ben. So, um, yeah. So, it's <laughs> a great football podcast. I'm really glad to be on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this is the best football podcast disguised as a medical podcast oh, oh, ever. Okay. <laughs> so, Tom. Well, you know, let's just we'll just jump into it here. Let's just do our social media shout out. We'll let them do theirs, and then uh, we'll get into our stories. So sounds good. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube all at Just Some Podcast. You can find us on the web at www.justsomepodcast.com. Our emails admin at justsomepodcast.com. Also, don't forget to check out our merchandise store www.justsomepodcast.com/shop. Check out all the cool stuff there. Words are hard. COVID nineteen good stuff there tom what else can they do to help us out well they can go to our website they can scroll down to just about the bottom they'll see an amazon affiliate link and before they do any shopping or put anything anything in their cart like a browns jersey they can click on that and then do the rest of their shopping as needed and they won't even know we're there it'll help out the show and obj not that he needs any help today but any other time you know or jarvis landry or any of those guys but it would be super helpful to the show, and Nick Chubb would really appreciate it. Stop it. About <laughs> <laughs> your social media and your podcast? Yeah, for sure. So everything is at unstuck.institute. That is on Instagram. That's on Facebook. That's our email address, and that is also our website. Yes, www.unstuck.institute. No.com. <laughs> No.com. <laughs> All right. Well... Tom, you're going to get into our stories you may miss so we can uh, get to talking to them more. 
Well, that's generally how it works. So yes, I'm Ben's really regretting today. I'm just throwing I love that the out. sass. I love the sass. <laughs> a lot of sass going. Usually on. it's like, yeah, okay. But yeah, no, today, today's a good day. So <laughs> all right, Tom. Well, stories that you may have missed, you know. So in I'm, Tom, are you aware there's an election coming up? I mean, I don't know if you've noticed the uh, multitude of commercials and everything else that's going on. Um, I think I've heard of it. Yeah. So uh, in the story you may have missed, there's an electoral psychology, why people vote or do not vote. And I thought this was kind of interesting and kind of timely for what's going on now. So uh, every year, the Knight Foundation, which is a U.S.-based nonprofit, uh, publicized data in regards to surveys as to why people don't vote. And in the 2016 presidential election, approximately 43% of eligible voters did not cast their ballot. Uh, to find out why this was, the 100 million project surveyed 12,000 chronic non-voters nationally and in 10 swing states, as well as 100 active voters who consistently participate in normal elections. Based on the respondents' answers, the Knight Foundation observed some common themes among non-voters. For example, they tended to lack conviction that their votes would count, and they feel underinformed about current social issues. So there's a book called The American Non-Voter, and two political scientists from Rice University wrote the book, and they kind of delve into that question. And some of that they say is the sense of uncertainty that voters experience during a political campaign can affect voter turnout during an election. And then in a 2017 study, the California Journal of Politics Policy argues that mistrust in politicians and or the government is not, a, not the only or even the best predictor of non-voting behavior. What they say is uh, people are, who are less likely to be interested in politics were also less likely to vote. So according to the Behavior Change Advisory Group of the British Psychology Society, uh, there are other factors, and this includes a diffusion of responsibility, which refers to a person's tendency to think that other people are better qualified to make certain decisions, and evaluation apprehension, which means that the person is afraid of being judged negatively for their actions. So that is some of the reasons that psychologically that people may not vote. Tom, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I know we have a, a larger problem in America than most other countries with voting. I don't understand the apprehension or judgment issue. I mean, I understand people want to feel like they fit in. Like if you live in an area where there's more blue or more red than others, they might feel like, oh, I need to vote that way, or they are going to be more likely to trend that way. But if they've never voted, um, nobody knows what you put. So I guess my first thing is, is why do you have apprehension about something that nobody else needs to know about if you don't tell them? And second, social media. there is there's so much information out there. It's hard for me to understand. I can understand starting to feel like I don't know. So I don't want to vote till I know, which actually I kind of respect the, hey, let's not make a decision till I have some more information. However, there's literally Google and you could put anything into that and find out what you want to know. So it's hard for me to understand. I think it's more, they just don't want to vote. I, I mean, we can come up with a bunch of answers, but all of these have very simple, you will literally use Google 12 times today and you couldn't put in key issues or platforms. It just seems like an excuse. I mean, I can somewhat understand the, the feeling that you're not qualified. I mean, cause I think my wife has that some, because I mean, I, I'm not overly political, but I mean, I try to, you know, stay up to date on kind of what's going on and she doesn't. And so, I mean, we'll talk about things before she goes to vote, but I mean, she's just very apprehensive about, well, what if I do it, you know, what if I vote for the wrong person or, you know, like just, so I can, I can somewhat understand that. Well, I can understand that in the beginning, but then, like I said, you're going to be on your phone at some point today. Like, I know there's going to be some kind of news update. Why not click on it and read it? The only thing I'd be apprehensive about is if Colts fans uh, were suddenly voting in mass because they clearly can't make a good decision. So I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to think about that. If I knew a Colts fan, I would ask her what her opinion on the story was. I feel like I should explain <laughs> that I'm supporting my husband's football team this evening. I am a wholeheartedly a Giants fan, but I will answer oh. that question anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so that's interesting that you guys bring this up this evening because I've actually voted in every election that I possibly could since turning of age. 
but I have not physically voted at the polls. I've always done a mail-in ballot because I've never been in my home of record. And I actually Google every person on the ballot because I have the chance to, right? Like if you're at home or wherever you are, like reading the ballot, you have the opportunity to Google everyone. So whether it be primary or for the general election, I've actually Googled everybody that I voted for, including this year. Yeah. So I think you're right. I mean, it is easy to Google someone and like everyone has social media, whether it be like an Instagram page, a LinkedIn, or even a website for their, um, for whatever office they're running for all the way down from like your, your district to as high up as you can go, right? The presidency, everyone has a website. So even if you just go and like browse through and maybe they have something that, um, that strikes you and that speaks to you. And then maybe they have a platform that's you're just like, okay, no, I do not want to vote for this person because of this. You're right. It takes five seconds to Google someone. And I don't typically spend more than two minutes on a page. So it's- Don't tell Tommy's right. He's just, that'll just go. <laughs> <laughs> well, from my perspective though, I mean, it is really easy to make that, to do that. I find it really easy. And then on top of it, when, especially in social media, which let's face it, every person in the world is affected in some way directly or indirectly by by something on social media or we're interacting with it i should say in, indirectly or directly when somebody will post something i'm like it literally would have taken you like you said less than two minutes to verify that this is possibly true like i don't know how many people a day i'm like that that doesn't even make sense why are they posting and political or non-political so again it goes back to we're, we're always interacting with it why are they this is the one time in history, I shouldn't say one time, I mean, we could go back, but this is a new development in history where we have so much information at our fingertips to use at our disposal as we see fit. And then people still go, well, I don't know. Well, it's one thing to not make up your mind. I can, I could see that. It's another thing to say, I don't know. I'm like, how could you not know? So Josh, what are you your there? thoughts? I part of the same choir. I've voted every chance I got since I was 18. I will add, I don't know about voting other places, but I will add that even if you're not voting by mail, at least where I am and probably a lot of places, you can download a sample ballot so you can actually research and go to the polls uh, the same way Chell does the mail-in voting or as more people might be doing mail-in voting this year. I do have a bone to pick with what Chell said though. I got to Got to contradict. There's at least where I am, Albuquerque, New Mexico. When you get to the lower levels of like county commissioner and stuff, oh yeah, no, no website. website, no social media. <laughs> what is going on? Like, how do you run for any public office in 2020 and not have any web presence? Oh my god. So that said, <laughs> that minor freak out said, uh, <laughs> I, I hear everything else. Shall said. <laughs> What was that, Ben? Because you're 73 and it's always been done that way. And so you just. Uh, well, but he, he brings up another valid point is it's 2020. If you're going to run for office in 2020 and you're going to lead the people or be involved in the decisions that affect people's lives in 2020 and you go with, well, that's how it's always been done. Then perhaps you should no longer be part of the process. And so, Ooh, I mean, <laughs> what? Every once in a while, I make a good point. It accidentally happens. I was as shocked as everybody else. So, but since the show probably is going to get coming out, you know, sometime soon and right before the election, if you are listening, regardless of who you vote for, please try to become informed. And I hope everybody goes out and votes. Yes, go vote. Go vote. Go vote. Go vote. Yeah, I have also. It's funny you brought up that you've always voted by mail. This is the first year I know I'm scheduled to work and just various reasons I'm not going to be able to get off. So I'm going to be voting by mail for the first time. And that's a new it's not apprehension like I don't know. It's just more like, oh, oh, I got to I got to do something different this year than just walk up. So it is going to be a new experience for me. But I have also. But unlike everybody is like, well, I kind of I am. No, I'm a political junkie. I. I want to know all the stuff I'm always trying to be involved in it. So it's just always been something interesting to me though. It's not just this year. So anyways, Mr. Ben. Yes, sir. Lead us out. 
of this quagmire of websites and people not having them before Josh gets angry. I don't want to see that happen. <laughs> so. I'm coming down. I'm coming down. <laughs> hey, you came to the right podcast for people getting angry <laughs> briefly. I'm just saying. So yeah. Anyway, so go vote. That wraps up our story. Yeah, just go vote. And so let's get into our main topic and why we have Jell and Josh. I'm watching it too, Tom. Shut up. <laughs> <sighs> What's it when the thing is the same forwards and backwards? Because it's 4114. So it's just 4114, no matter what direction you go. What is that called? Let's get into our main topic. <laughs> <laughs> Googling it. Ellen, Google. Google if it. only someone had Google, Google in front of them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He'll make me he'll punish me later. It's called okay. a palindrome. Palindrome. That's it. Palindrome. <laughs> I couldn't think of the word and I knew I was going to say the wrong thing. And I was like, oh, I don't want to give. I'm not going to give Ben any more ammo in editing this because I'm sure I'm going to say something like I'm a little girl at some point for when he's and done editing he this. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, God, Josh. I walked right into it. <laughs> His evil genius knows no bounds. Oh. This episode right there, Tom. I'm a little <laughs> Why don't you guys tell us a little bit about your uh, your podcast? Sure. So we are from the Unstuck Institute. It's a little little uh, homebrewed podcast that we made just ourselves about a year and a half ago ish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who knows anymore? Time. It's weird. Anyway, <laughs> and we are we're hell bent on helping people start their own business and solopreneurs who are who have maybe already started continuing and getting to the next level and, and helping people where we can. And we started uh, by looking around the podcasting landscape at business type podcasts and saw so many uh, podcasts that were aimed at people who had like, you know, 500 employees, you're a small business. And we're like, I mean, it's technically a small business, but it's uh we're, we're talking about micro businesses, solopreneurs, and people who are still in their day jobs dreaming about what if I worked for myself? So what's the classification for a business with say, oh, two employees? Micro. What would you call micro that? Business. Micro. So like, I didn't know if there was anything lower than micro, <laughs> like sub micro, <laughs> proton business. I wasn't sure where we were going with. So, okay. I mean, we can, we can make up more classifications right now if you'd like. <laughs> uh I think that's going to be an interesting topic. <laughs> so I can find. I I think we can find some really fun names based on the way this podcast has started Excellent. today. So <laughs> well, we felt that uh, having them on the show would be great because you know, with twenty-two states having full practice authority, uh, you do see a lot of nurse practitioners now that are opening their own business. I mean, Tom, we have a mutual friend that recently just started a, a business out in New Mexico of. Uh, like a day spa type business. So, I mean, I think it's definitely something that's should be on the minds of a lot of nurse practitioners. It should be. And I think it's one of those, again, and we've discussed this before on the show. Um, some of the things that nurse practitioners aren't taught in school to help us moving forwards. And this is absolutely one of those things that not only is it not taught in school, for myself included, I wouldn't even know where to start. So I'm really excited to have you guys on the show to kind of say, Hey, these are some things or, you know, just get the discussion going. Cause I think there's a lot of nurse practitioners and PAs that this is something that might be on their mind, but they wouldn't even know where to begin. So you brought up New Mexico and I actually worked with a couple of NPs when I was in New Mexico. Um, I'm a registered dietitian. I don't really do all of the registered dietitian things but I do have my own practice. I work virtually with most of my clients, but there is definitely a need for nurse practitioners out there because sometimes it's really challenging to get into a doctor's office, but you guys can do like 99.9% .9 of what a doc can do depending on what state you're in. So I think there is definitely a need for people to get out there, start their own businesses, maybe with a buddy. It's definitely easier with a buddy, but yeah, most definitely a need. So what are some, I mean, so let's say that Tom and I are in a full practice state. And so we want to, you know, we're thinking maybe we want to do something like that. So what are some ways that we can kind of take that from a thought to an actual process? Well, our biggest thing that we tell people, because usually what's holding people back when they're just thinking about it and they never actually take a, a step in the real world towards the direction of that, that thought is they think they're not ready. 
that that term ready comes up to mind all the time in their excuses as to whether or not started. Oh, I'm not ready for that. Our our big thing is like episode one of our podcast is ready is a lie. No one's ever truly ready. And the more you like sit back and go, oh, I need to do X, Y, and Z before I'm ready, or I need to do this before I'm ready. The more you're just wasting time. We like to preach like, you know, get out there, prepare, do your do your best, put your best foot forward but you start something and then iterate. You'll learn, you'll grow. Like no matter how ready you think you are next year, you're going to look back and go, Oh, what an idiot. I learned so many things this year that I'm doing better now. So you might as well just start and get better at it versus uh, sitting back and going, well, I'm not ready for that. So I'll just continue to daydream. Well, what about for the people that their other biggest fear is failure? They're like, I don't want to do this and fail. I always try and remember that you look at uh, Richard Branson, you know, Elon Musk, they talk about all the things that failed at mm -hmm. prior to that one big thing. Is there any other specific advice or things that you guys point out to people that that's what their biggest fear is, is failure? So I think of failure as just a learning experience. If you, if you have that perspective going into it, like Josh was saying, right? Ready is a lie. You're going to continue to learn, continue to grow. So if you fail, quote unquote, in a certain area, okay, cool. You still have the potential of finding another area where your expertise may be better utilized. So maybe if you've niched down as a nurse practitioner, maybe that wasn't the right niche for the area that you're in. That's okay. You can go back, study a little bit in a different area and maybe rebrand, find a different niche. There's always a possibility out there. And I think seeing failure as a learning experience rather than as an end all be all you're done is a better way of approaching it. Yeah. I like to look at failure as if I'm a scientist trying things. So back to the learning, but I stole this from uh, the author, Neil Pasricha, who wrote the book, You Are Awesome and some other books with awesome in the title. And he says that instead of looking at it as a failure, as we think of it as a failure, just whenever something doesn't work, start, start asking yourself, like very intentionally ask yourself, why didn't that work? And say, take a moment to go, huh, that's interesting. Why didn't that work? And when you start just analyzing why things didn't work and take it as an opportunity to learn something, as opposed to just sitting back and feeling like, ah, oh, I tried a thing. I like I posted a thing on Facebook and nobody called me. I'm a failure. Like, you know, instead of just saying, like, I took my first step, I put my business out there online and no one called, you can just be like, huh, why didn't that work? And start digging into some research about how to get the word out, how to whatever market in your niche or things like that. Like the, the pause and going, huh, why didn't that work is going to lead you to your next step as opposed to leading you to a tub of ice cream, which I'm a big fan of a tub of ice cream as well but let's also keep moving forward you know <laughs> well, I, think, well, I, I was gonna say i think pointing out things that went wrong is a specialty of mine like i'm really good at going that was fucked up right there <laughs> that's what messed up right there and i found it so see ben but is it i'm already but tom is it self-reflection of the fuck up or is it pointing out other people's oh both i am equal opportunity i will point out when i screwed up something easily like whoa, whoa i messed that up but then i'll be like you too ben you, you messed that up so i i, I like i said i i want to make sure that we're all and to be fair also from one of my favorite shows right there but to be fair to the the subject matter i think that's the only real way and i think josh that's the point he was getting at was if you fail and you just keep repeating the process, you know, you're, you're not going to make any, you have to be willing to be self-critical and say, this is what I messed up and this is how I move forward. And again, I think that's also one of those things that people are afraid to do. They, 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 or they're just unwilling. They're willing to say, I mess this up and this is what I need to do to fix it. It's just easier to say, well, I tried, I failed. They don't want to actually fix that problem to move forwards like if i was wearing a colts hat but i was a giants fan that's the first problem <laughs> and you gotta fix that to move forwards um, i have another beanie here so we're just gonna <laughs> change all this up right switching now it switching it out there's no logo on that beanie i don't know what to do with that 
Oh, oh, I can't wait to hear where they're like, by the way, worst podcast we've ever been on. Don't ever. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are terrible. But see, I'm willing to accept I did that. And then you go, so, huh, <laughs> what didn't work about that? That's interesting. <laughs> I do think it's very interesting. The, the whole ready is a lie thing, because that wanting to be ready is a huge hurdle, I think, because even for like nurse practitioners, you know, it's like, well, you got to get credentialed. And, you know, for us to start a business, you know, you're looking at 90 days of not having cash because it's going to take that long for insurance companies to start paying. And something's like, you're like, well, I'm never ready because I don't have that much capital just set aside. Um, and so I think that's a huge hurdle. And I think that's going to be a huge hurdle to kind of just push yourself through. Definitely. So and, and I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead, ma'am. You're good. So we actually preach small baby steps. So Yes, ready is a lie, but that also doesn't mean you should quit your day job if you don't have enough saved. There can be a way to, I don't know what your schedules look like, but do you guys do like three twelves? Is that normal? Like nurses? I, well, when you get to like the three twelves for like staff nurse, yes. But when you get to nurse practitioner, unless you're in a hospital setting, usually like I do four tens. Okay. I believe Ben does like five eights. So, okay. so right. I mean, there, so but depends. there's a mixture. And we do have some flexibility where like, let's say the next two weeks, I really needed Monday and Tuesday off. I can make that happen. So there is some latitude on how we can move, but yeah, our structure for most mid-level providers becomes much more stable and uniform across the board. Got it. So that, that would be one of the things to contend with. And again, getting back to the, the readiness, because I understand that. Because my first thought, if I was starting a business, was we need to do like a demographics. Like, is there enough business in this area to support a nurse practitioner? Do they need family practice? Would they prefer, you know, somebody with an orthopedic background? Like, there's so many things that I, I feel, and I know this about myself, is that I would analyze it to death and possibly talk myself out of the thing and in the in the midst of preparing i would just go i don't need to do this never mind it's a bad idea and talk about so what is a way to stop what what is something you guys tell people that are getting into this that perhaps do that like we've talked about the ready is a lie which i 100% agree with and maybe that's not your 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 niche but how do you guys help people get past that like or what do you say to somebody that's okay you've done the analysis here's step three step three step one was deciding step two is getting ready step three is like how do we push forwards with that i think one thing is that i think everyone who's ever done this pretty much uh with with some small exception to the uh fabulous people out there who just have no fears i think most people have are very uncomfortable when they start their own business especially especially if it's all public facing whatsoever. And I think, you know, all businesses kind of are, cause you need, you need some public to know about you <laughs> and come and right. come drive in some business. So, so it's, it's uncomfortable. And so you need to, it's, it's helpful. I think to recognize that like all the people you see out there, all the like, you know, Instagram influencers, et cetera, who make it look so easy and, fearless and they do and they do and they do <laughs> they they are more than likely just like you but a little further down the road and being more comfortable with what they're doing they started out just like you being uncomfortable with it but they pushed through and i think you i think everyone needs to find their little their little nugget to hold on to of why they're going to push past their comfort zone um you know like like chell you have a great story about your your grandfather you want to tell that one yeah okay i thought we were going someplace else with that but I'm happy <laughs> that you went this way <laughs> uh yeah so my grandfather when he passed away he was like 98 and he was a trash collector in new york and that's a pension job like in new york that is a city pension job i mean he had an apartment like he had a savings he did well for himself seemingly so from the outside looking in but at dinner every night in his 90s he'd go hey, you know jelly I could have been somebody. And like, that sucks to be 96 and not like, I mean, not regret your life, but also just not be super happy about it. 
So that's a reason to do what you are meant to do and not be scared of doing what you're meant to do. He didn't know what he wanted to do. But if you know, I mean, you're already one step ahead of my grandpa. Yeah. I mean, that's that's honestly what made me start my own business is a similar thought of like, do I want to be 80 and looking back and going, I always wanted to be an entrepreneurial type. I always wanted to start my own business, but I never took the plunge versus like looking at myself, you know, a few years back, I was like 29, 30. And I was like, well, if I'm going to do it, why not now? And if, uh, if it doesn't work in a few years or five years or 10 years or whatever, I can always get a job, you know, like I can always go back to what I'm comfortable with, but I, I just knew I would regret it. So it's actually one tool we have uh, for free. So your audience can have it for free too, is um, we have what we call the life book, which is a free PDF you can download that helps people kind of identify their goals, look forward in their life, write their own uh, obituary <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and really like, try and get in that headspace of like, if you don't do this, are you going to regret it and, and keep the ball moving forward every single day and shameless hmm. plug. Everyone can get that for free at unstuck.institute slash lifebook. We'll make sure we put a link to that in our show notes also. Cool. So we'll make an even more shameless plug for you. So you'll yeah. just click a button. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm totally with the shameless plug. I, we could just have that on a rotating little banner across the bottom of the uh, podcast all the time. Fine with me. But I do think that it's, I mean, it's very interesting because Tommy, if we look back at where we were, you know, two years ago when we decided to start this podcast, very similar feelings of, well, you know, okay, we're going to do this. And initially we kind of started it to be fun. And it was like, even if nobody listens, we don't care. You know, we were just doing it to kind of be fun because we've been friends for 20 years and we like to talk to each other. And then it's like, it's, it's kind of grown beyond that to where it's like, oh, wow, people are really receptive to this. And you know, now we're to the point that, you know, in the, in the next six to 12 weeks, we're launching two new podcasts under just on podcast media, which is something new that we've just kind of developed along the way. So it, it's, it's interesting to look back at like, well, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we were never really ready. It was just, well, here it is. And this presented itself. So let's do it and see what happens. And I think that was an advantage to us was that we didn't care. It was, if this doesn't go anywhere, if we do three episodes, what did we sink into it? Nothing but three hours of our time and some fun messing around. And I guarantee if you talked to Ben and I at that point in our lives and said, by the way, in two years, you'll have merchandise and two other podcasts opening under you. I'd be like, no, this isn't. You've got the wrong Tom and Ben, Ben and Tom, <laughs> wrong, wrong guys. Uh, it's just not possible. So I, I think that was an advantage that we didn't know or failure wasn't something that was possible. So one question I kind of thought in my head. So we've talked about things that you want to do to be successful. What are some things you guys are like, hey, here are some red flags. And if these are coming up, you need to address them. Because I'm all about being positive. Ben knows that. I'm known for my positive, my positive attitude. But I would also assume, especially for new entrepreneurs, that there are some, hey, this is a warning sign. You need to get on top of this. So what are some of those things that we can talk about? Um, my big thing all the time, I preach this, is make your business legal from the start. Depends on what state. Oh, you're in. that's important. Yes, it's extremely <laughs> important. So, I started my business in Las Vegas, Nevada. I talked to a couple of personal chefs out there because that's what I was doing there, and a couple of them just like started their business without any paperwork because in Nevada it's actually really expensive to start a business, upwards of like eight hundred dollars, usually. Oh. So I knew people out there who didn't start their business legally, and then ever since then I was like. Uh, I think I'm going to do this legally. So that is the number one thing I say. So if anyone comes to you and they're like, yeah, I want to start a business, tell them to start it legally first. Start at the state level and then work your way down to the county and even city level at times. There'll be different taxes that typically you have to pay at each of those brackets. And also be sure to open up a separate bank account. And to do that, you're going to need an EIN number and you get that for free at the irs.gov website, completely free but you need it to be able to make your business legal. So please do that first. 
So when you say legal, you mean like, I mean, do you mean? So that you're paying, I mean, you're, if you're making money that you're paying taxes, you just okay. need to be a registered business within your state. All the appropriate paperwork. Yeah. Because we, when we started, we started an LLC because that way it was easily trackable. We kept yeah. everything separate. And from my understanding, that also kind of protected us legally, not to say that anything was going to come back. Like no one's going to sue us because of the podcast, hopefully. But <laughs> I mean, they're suing the entity and not necessarily. Right. So if you're a two-person LLC, that is the case. If you're a single-person LLC, that's not necessarily the case. You're still seen as a sole proprietor. Yeah. Technically. I've done this a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. So I was going to say, <laughs> that was a very specific Mm, I know this you know, one. Yeah. So. yeah, I've moved my business three times in the last four years. I've done this a couple <laughs> Every of times. time, new paperwork for a new location. Yeah. 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 Uh, another thing I would say on that topic or on your question, a different way to go would be as you're starting out, be brutally honest with yourself and identify if you're a self-starter. And because you're going to maybe for the first time in your life, not have somebody else telling you what your schedule is or someone else to show up for like a boss or something. It's all you. So if you can look at your, like maybe you've wanted to take an online course or uh, start gardening or start really working out or something every Saturday, but you never do that, you know, like your, your, or whatever your day off is, like you never actually do that. Then you may not be cut out for solopreneurship, in which case I highly recommend get a business partner because then just like an accountability buddy at a gym, you've got somebody to show up for and with. Now, if you're the type of person who's like, I'm going to do this. I got this to-do list a mile long. I'm going to knock it out on a Sunday morning and it's done and you do it, then you probably are cut out to be a solopreneur. So you have options, but I think you should be very very uh, harsh on yourself and look at that fact because if you don't do the things you say you're going to do and you don't hold yourself accountable and there's no longer someone looking over your shoulder, then you might get in a situation where you've launched your business, but no one is coming because you're not actually doing the things to spread the word about your business because you're like, I'll do it later. I feel like doing whatever, watching football right now, you know? In a possible comeback. I'm a Browns fan. I'm prepared for any eventuality at this. <laughs> so it's, it doesn't matter. So what are your guys' thoughts on, you know, so you hear the term quote unquote overnight success, you know, and Tom and I've talked about this uh, privately because it's like, you know, Oh, you know, if this ever makes it big, you know, people are going to call us an overnight success and you may put 10 years of work into it that people just don't ever see. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on that, that terminology? I would, I would agree with exactly what you just said. Like, I don't think there are any, maybe, maybe a couple, there are just so few overnight successes. Like really what it is, is that somebody's name or business name entity or whatever became very well known very quickly is what they mean by overnight success. But Almost anyone who's done that has put in just years and years and years of work. There's like, ah, I forget who it is. Somebody, some, I'm going to say musician said, it's amazing being an overnight success after 20 years of hard work and no money, no income. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but everyone's like, you're an overnight success. And I'm like, I've been grinding every day. <laughs> I mean, even. Um, and that I think people don't realize is that there is. I mean, you got to put work into it. Yeah, It's not just, oh, we're going to, you know, I mean, I hate to take, keep taking it back to the podcast, but I mean, that's what. Yeah. That's our new business. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you know, people don't, I mean, it's, there's so much behind the scenes that people just don't see and they don't think that there's anything to that. And it's like, oh, well, that's where you see those people who are like, oh, well, that's easy. I could do that. Well, you know, <laughs> there's a lot more well, to it than you realize. And, I think one, and it's one of those, like, um, I don't want to, it's not a meme, but it's a picture that grabbed my attention. And I first saw it on Instagram. I think it is. It's a picture of a ballerina's foot. Right. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about. It's like, everybody wants to be successful, but they don't want to know what goes on 
to get successful. Mm-hmm. And one foot is her foot all beautifully laced up in a ballerina's, you know, slipper. And then the next foot is her feet outside of it. And they're all bandaged up and they're bruised right. and they got, you know, and I was like, that is one of those pictures I constantly go back to. Cause I'm like, it's right. They, they just want to be successful. They don't want to do the 20 year grind. Yeah. They don't want to put in the behind the scenes work or the prep or anything like that. They just, I can do a podcast. Well, talking for an hour is the, actually the easy part. <laughs> <laughs> so um, everything else is the hard part. So I, I find it really interesting when people like you were talking about, like they don't see the grind or they, they had to move three times. Like, Oh, you have to do something now. Like the business just doesn't go. And I, I don't think people always seem to see that. So I find it really interesting when you guys talk about Yeah, it. that's that's a beautiful image too. I mean, a gnarly image, but a beautiful <laughs> image to just uh, narrate what we're talking about here. But like, I think too, like, so let's stick with the ballerina for a second. If that, if that dancer was an overnight success, she would probably not be able to get on point, right? Like, on her tiptoes, you know, like, because that takes Mm -hmm. a lot of training and effort to get to a point where you can get on point. Ha. But (laughs) you get my point. Ha. Uh, (laughs) Where's the symbol squash? (laughs) I hope you got that sound effect in post. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so like, it's, it's the same for, for almost anything you put, you put in 20 years of work, even hosting a podcast, like you say, talking into a microphone is the easy part. But if you've been, if you've been doing it for one day compared to 20 years, you're going to be so much better just by the reps you put in. Right. So it's not just about like putting in the grind because like, that's what gets you to the next level or whatever. It's, it's the grind is the practice and the practicing anything repeatedly will make you better at that thing. And so the ballerina after many years got standing ovations, flowers, et cetera, and some bruised ass feet. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And, and I, I think Ben will laugh at this. Uh, we actually have proof of the very thing you're talking about. Go listen to episode one of just some podcast. What actually don't, <laughs> well, I'm just saying for comparison, for comparison though, the guys that did that show, like you said, by virtually because of doing it over and over and over the guys now versus the guys, then it's, it's a different show. So did you guys have any struggles in the beginning or have you guys always been this like glass, like smooth consistency? Okay. So we're so consistent. (laughs) We started perfect. Um, That's what, that's what I was waiting to hear. Here we go. Anyway, great interview guys. Bye. (laughs) Nothing left to talk about here. Ready is a lie was our first episode and we recorded it 10 times before we posted it. See, and understandable. I, I get it. If you, like I said, like you just said, if you go back and listen to that episode, we still, I mean, even after episode or recording 10 times we still sounded super staccato and we were just like um just gonna talk like this now and we were not as animated as we are now so it comes with time (laughs) it's not it's not natural or comfortable to stick a microphone in front of you and and assume other people might listen to you and judge you if you've never done that before you know and so we, we even i think reference it in the episode but like we tell people, yeah, we've recorded this a bunch, but we also say like, look, we had a cutoff. We're not going to record it a hundred times. We're not going to keep recording it and never put it out. We just knew that our first go round was probably not going to be that good. <laughs> so we wanted to give ourselves a little runway to be halfway decent, but I'm sure now, I mean, I haven't gone back and listened to that recently, no, but I'm sure, you know, we're in, recently, we're in our yeah. 70th something episode now. Like I'm sure it is very, very flat compared to our personalities now on the microphone. (laughs) Well, I I say, I don't know for you guys. I honestly never listened to our shows in the beginning. I just, I couldn't bring myself to do it. It wasn't a constructive criticism issue. It wasn't, I just, mm -mm, I didn't want to hear it. I I was like, I did it. it. It's out. We're done. But again, learning process. I finally started listening not so I could hear myself talk, but so that I could go, oh, I say mm, a lot. I have got to start, you know, or interrupting a guest after I ask a question or whatever it is I may have noticed. Like, oh, I did that that 10 times this episode. Perhaps we need to kind of focus on. 
and that's avoiding that. Dumb. Do what? And that's after editing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and that's honestly the first thing I identified. Ben needs to do a better job. So there you go. So. Very quickly in our in our podcasting, because we switch back and forth on who edits. Uh, we learned that Josh says very often. So, um, yeah. And then goes on. And we learned that Chell likes to move her mic around and make a lot of noise. <laughs> and it's because we both get to edit that we, we see those, but it's, it's also like, that's the beauty of this medium. You get the practice of doing it once live, but then you can actually listen to yourself. And depending on what you may or may not be doing when with launching your business, if it's anything like podcasting, you can listen to yourself and you're, you're getting that experience twice. So you're, you're able to actually learn exponentially faster, I think, because instead of having the split mind of like, what am I talking right now? Cause I'm being recorded and also let me self edit and correct and be aware and try and do better next time. You can just, you know, be free on the mic and listen to it later. And that's a great way that, you know, athletes, as long as we've been talking about football, they always go to like the videotape, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know about football. I know on baseball, they go to the videotape <laughs> all the freaking time to look at mechanics and blah, blah, blah. So like, if, if there's anything you're doing that you can be recorded, that's going to help you exponentially. Well, before we jump into our final segment, are there any last things that you want to impart upon people who are maybe wanting to start their own uh, business? Take one small step every day to get you closer to your goals. Just one small step and it'll all seem a lot less scary. Yeah, I dedicate any new project I'm working on I try to tackle it for at least five minutes a day. And that five minutes can quickly turn into an hour or two or three. But if I do five minutes and I'm not feeling it, I, I made small, small, but mighty bits of progress as opposed to going like, I'll never do it. Cause I, I have like five hours of work I have to do and I'm tired after work, but it, I can convince myself no matter what, do five minutes a day. And then sometimes more often than not, I get into it and it's like an hour or two or three. So whatever psych tricks you need, take them baby steps. (laughs) Well, and, but it's, it's good to hear you both said it differently, but you both said the same thing, baby steps, like get some work in, even if it's a little and take that next little baby step. Like me, I should have got someone to make my dog quiet in the background. I, I failed that baby (laughs) step, but I won't next time. Okay. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but I'm like, no, not really. Okay, well, it's freaking me out because I'm like, God, mine it. too. I hope oh, mine's not don't. being heard, but no nope, problem. Couldn't, didn't even know right. you had one. Hey. Yeah, but I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I just, I, it is a good thing to hear, even if, and actually, I think it makes the point better when you hear it slightly different, but from two different perspectives, is it's the same goal, even if it's a small amount of progress, make progress. And I, I think that's a good thing for people that are. A, thinking about starting a new business or B, have started a new business, they need to keep those types of things in mind, especially mid-level providers or we just have a new business or whatever. Those are all really important things for us because you're going to make mistakes. And I, I think that's another thing a lot of people fail to understand in the beginning, or at least it feels like that. For us, for instance, we'll say, I should, uh, I forgot to order sutures. Like, let's say I had a business. Okay, that's fine order sutures like just make that progress that doesn't mean the business has to stop so i think it was just really good to hear that a couple of times i was like well i think we have a key make progress and do it legally <laughs> yes and do it legally legally progress that's our slogan <laughs> yes i i gotta be honest like what she said that i it took me by surprise i was like I never occurred to me that that was the first problem was that it was, and I, it was good information because it was things I wouldn't have thought of, like check with like local organization, like local laws, organizations, whatever you have to, in my head, my first thought was, is I just imagine a guy like, so I'm just going to sell weed now. And like, I was like, oh uh, yeah, that's a problem somewhere just you know? make sure so, you register like, with your state and <laughs> <laughs> yes yes exactly tax uh, stamp yeah it was, but that's what i was saying is honestly now depending on where you're at that you know isn't a problem but uh yeah in kansas if you just have tax stamps they can't get you on that part so there you go 
Ben, any last issues, questions, thoughts? Now before we get into our final segment, other than apparently uh, Cleveland just scored again. <laughs> I didn't even know. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Because the TV's in your background, so we can see, but you can't see. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to subtly watch it while I'm talking to you guys. I'm like, oh, that's a great point, Josh. What did he just do? So <laughs> that's a great touchdown, Chell. Anyway, <laughs> did you see that, Chell? That's uh, what the Giants need to be doing: making touchdowns. I'm just saying. Like, Damn. Just, do you see how angry she looked? Do you see how angry she got? There was just that second, flash so. of fire behind Shell's eyes. She's yeah, she's calming it down because she doesn't really know you, but like, <laughs> nope. Just say whatever you feel. It's not going to hurt my feelings. I promise. I, I'm prepared. So. All right. Well, let's get into our final segment. It's the segment we do with all of our guests. It's a segment five questions. Join us on a journey into the inner psyche of our guest as we ask five, 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 five questions. The exact same five questions to all of our guests. Uh, basically what happens, I ask the questions, Tom makes fun of your answers. Um, Love it. Winning formula. <laughs> yeah, I hope you have that rim shot uh, sound effect ready to go. <laughs> All right, question one, and we'll ask both of you so you guys can both answer, obviously. So what is your favorite word? Yeah. Onomatopoeia. Okay. <laughs> it's just fun to say. That's the only reason. Fun word, too, then. Uh, cucchiaio, it's Italian for spoon, like the utensil. Really? Say it yeah. again. Cucchiaio. Cucchiaio. Yeah. Hmm. Wow, I've never had to make so fun of something in a foreign language. <laughs> so, never mind. <laughs> before, before I get a bunch of hate mail from somebody in Italy, because we do have listeners in Italy, uh, I was going to say, why not just say spoon, Italy? You couldn't have made that word a lot shorter. <laughs> like, could you imagine me at the, the dinner table getting yelled at with that long of a word every time about eating? Like, somebody in Italy at some point could have shorten that word up for you i'm just throwing that out there but i like how you said before i get hate mail from italy and then proceeded yeah. to do it anyway. yeah i did it anyways <laughs> yeah like i said self-criticism i need to stop doing that but i'm not going to so you should have heard when we were trying to get uh listeners we had one state in america left i think it was vermont i think it was vermont and i was like you maple syrup trolls you need to hurry up and doubt so that's how i got people there to listen but we got one so there it is. Yeah. Yeah. The one. Right. The one. <laughs> <laughs> like a quarter of the state population right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. They got the same population density as the moon, so I'm not too worried about it, but it's all right. Well, this will be an interesting question. Question <laughs> two. If you could do any job in the world other than what you currently do, what would it be? I would work on a vineyard in northern Italy. Back to Italy. All right. Here I'm we super go. close, man. I'm in Germany. I'm super close to Italy. <laughs> Going back to what we were talking about, where people want the success and not the work, I would be a stand-up comedian if I could just have the success and not the work. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to be poor, living on a someone's couch for a couple of years while I wait to become the next Joe Rogan. Yeah, that would be right. terrible. I don't want 20 years of being booed before I figure out how to make my own good jokes. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Question three. Think back to your first car. Was it a stylish ride or a rolling turd? <laughs> I think I'm getting the uh, the notice for Josh to go first on this one. So apparently, I go first. Uh, mine was a stylish economy turd. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, the first time we've heard that. I think <laughs> so. that's right. I I try to be different. <laughs> 91 Toyota Corolla. <laughs> hey, hey, that is a logical choice. That's right. It's very pragmatic. <laughs> but I don't know what else to say about it. It makes fun of itself. <laughs> it makes fun of itself. <laughs> so, so I had a 2008 Mini Cooper S. Bright yellow. They actually called it mellow yellow with checker pattern top and checker pattern windows. That was your first car. 
you're trying to look like an Italian taxi? Uh, like, actually, my license plate was New York City cab. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! It you was styling. I what? saw that one. <laughs> yeah, I was. I would say it sounds stylish. Yeah, that was my first car. <laughs> I mean, and it's nice. You can pick it up and take it with you wherever you want to go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I had it in Talk high school, about and about ten dudes tried to flip it unsuccessfully. <laughs> but notice they tried to flip your car. Like that's <laughs> that's what you want—a car that says "flip me." Yes, <laughs> a car that says, "You know what's a good prank? Pick me up and move me with your hands." <laughs> Yeah, that also that's got to make you feel safe when you're going down the highway. And you almost get into a wreck because that happens to all of us. Like I'm in basically a styrofoam cup with tires like that's got to be <laughs> a great feeling. Hey, so. hey, it's stylish. It's like a solo cup. Right? <laughs> <It's> a st- <laughs> <laughs> Ever have somebody just jump in the back seat and tell you directions on where to go? You're like, no, I, I'm not actually a taxi. I just look <laughs> like a taxi. Oh, so. Thankfully. <laughs> Question four. If your house is on fire, everyone, including your pets, are safe. Other than pictures, what's the one thing you want to get out of your house? My knife kit. Like a chef's knife, I'm assuming? Like chef's knives. Okay, I was like... (laughs) I knew where she was going with that. Tom freaked out a little bit. My whole brain just caught on fire for a second. So many things. Are we talking chef's knives? Yes, exactly. Are we talking chef's knives or do you hunt people in, at nighttime? Like what what are we talking the knife kit? Ah, oh, gotcha. Do you so do you what's your preferred uh what's your who makes your set? Uh global. They're a Japanese oh. knife. I would say, well, you're you're in. You said Germany, so I was like, is this? I always mess up the last HL. Is it Mekin, Menken, something like that? They make a a good set of cutlery out of there. Mm. I know Germany has several good sets of uh, knives. And That's Wustoff why. Wustoff are the big ones. Wustoff was the other one I yeah. I know. Henkel. I would say Mekin. God, or something like that. But yeah, I know there's a couple really good sets out of Germany. So I was like, and then she goes just to rub it in their face. Like I know I'm in Germany. I'm going Japanese. There you go. Like, just rub it in just a tad. Josh, All right, Josh. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ben. I was going to say, Josh, what about you? I haven't traveled. I'm going to go. I'm going to go laptop. It's boring, but, you know, it's everything. super boring. <laughs> Good Lord, Josh. My, my backup said- <laughs> answer, my number two, but it, it lost out to laptop. This will be a little more fun to make fun of is my PlayStation. No, like, I would never make fun of that, sir. Other than the fact <laughs> it's a PlayStation. Like if you, I would, I would have supported you had you said Xbox because you're talking to Xboxers here. But uh, uh, I mean, I PlayStation, you know, it's the little sister version of an Xbox. So that's, that's <laughs> totally acceptable too. I mean, that's all right. I just have so many seasons worth of, of baseball game saved on that <laughs> shit. And I don't want to start over. <laughs> I was say, do you have a go-to game? Yeah, MLB The Show. That's why specifically I'm on PlayStation, because that was exclusive. Gotcha. I, I play that freaking all the time. And then I play, you know, the adventure games that come out from time to time. Okay. Question five. You have $9.18 in your pocket. You're at the convenience store. What all do you buy? Josh, you have to go th- first, because I got to do a conversion real quick. Hold on. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Uh, $9.18 at the convenience store. Uh, That is such a specific number. Exactly. Uh, Makes it fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. I'm definitely buying one of those uh, Starbucks like sugar drinks, sugar and milk drinks. Like the, I think they call it coffee, but it's just sugar and milk. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That's probably most of my budget right there. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, you got four cents left now. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll leave the rest in the, in the give a penny, take a penny. pile. <laughs> okay. So for our foreigner, 918 US is 784 in euros. So that's what you got. That's super shitty. shitty. That is, but that's uh, what you got. So, so Ben and Jerry's doesn't exist here but I definitely buy a pint of Ben and Jerry's and uh, but you can't. So you won't. So what would you get? <laughs> shitty ice cream here is only like a buck 50 a pint. 
So a lot Ooh. of shitty ice cream, apparently. <laughs> there you go. I hey. So what's your what's your Ben and Jerry flavor? Um, yeah. Oh my god, what is it called? Is it milk and cookies? Or is that the late night one? So they they used to have one that was like everything but the kitchen sink. It was like chocolate covered uh, potato chips in vanilla ice cream and that was magical but they don't make it anymore so it's the jimmy fallon flavor and i can't remember what that one is but that's my go-to i would say i really liked the cold bear oh yeah the cold bear one america all, all america dream yeah that um chunky good. monkey was a classic i really like chunky monkey i like cherry garcia i never just because i'm not i like cherry flavoring but i, I don't like actual chunks of like cherry or anything so i never really got into the cherry garcia but yeah i mean that that is a group of guys that we got this together. If we're going to put out an ice cream, somebody's going to like this. Like they, that's a that's a solid business they got going. There. That's some quality that came from Vermont. There you go, Vermont. <laughs> Not a sponsor, but they could be. Contact. They could hey, be. Hey, are, are there are there Ben or Jerry your your one listener in Vermont? You can make a plea directly to Ben and Jerry. Please sponsor just some podcast. <laughs> Need your support, <laughs> and they also need their their own ice cream flavor. Just saying, I, I I don't I take, even know what it would be. <laughs> I'm interested in what would they turn us into if we were an ice cream flavor. We might have just found six questions for uh, <laughs> for, 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 for guess question. <laughs> yeah, if you were an ice cream flavor, uh, well, that's that, a good one. That, yeah, I kind of like that. I, do, I I really like that. Like, it might turn into six questions here. Like, this, go. this could happen. Well, that mine's easy. Fun. It's vanilla bean because I'm Josh yeah. Bean and I'm white as fuck. So, vanilla bean. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I could have lived with the white as fuck thing, but I was like, you used bean and bean. Like, oh <laughs> Josh, I had we had such higher settings. If you were an ice cream flavor, what would you be? Oh me? Yeah. Oh. Uh, Don't say olive. So just move on, okay? Tuscan. So, uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> like, is garlic bread an ice cream flavor? It's not. So move on. Oh, well, you kept saying Italy on everything, so I'm just. I do perpetually sorry, smell like garlic. Wait, wait, we do need to. We. <laughs> wow, we do this need turned to edit bad. This question. We do need to edit this question, though. Sorry, Chell. If you were a gelato, what would you be? Oh, okay. there you go. Okay, perfectly. Well, yes. If you were gelato, what would you be? Hazelnut, because that's my favorite gelato. There you go. It's that's that's a solid answer. It's solid, solid. Well, that concludes seventeen. Hold on, hold, no, hold, yes, yeah, seventeen questions. Ben, Ben, here, hold on though. In, instead of answering for myself, Ben, if I was an ice cream flavor, what would you expect me to be? What is the most hateful ice cream flavor? <laughs> no. Because based on the score of today's game, I would be, you would be, because he likes to smoke meats. So I'd say your pork butt and poor decisions. That's what I would, um, wow. yeah, <laughs> that's, that's like, that would be, it's also a stripper scent. So there you go. Your dual, dual work there, Ben. Wow. Um, I, <laughs> he can edit that part out. <laughs> Just rebrand Chunky Monkey and make it Judgy Monkey. Right <laughs> he judges yeah. all the time. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm very judgy. <laughs> well, that concludes five questions and the hatefulness from Tom. <laughs> oh. If they had won a day, I would never hear the end of it. So I'm perfectly a okay with this. So you can find us on Facebook, <laughs> just some podcast websites, www.justsomepodcast.com. Our emails admin at justsomepodcast.com. You guys want to give a shout out to your stuff one more time? Sure. We are at www.unstuck.institute. Our email is unstuck.institute at gmail.com. And you can get our full free lifebook PDF at www.unstuck.institute backslash lifebook. Sounds like you do that a few times, Josh. Like, uh, do it like every week repetitive. on our own podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why we did the way that I do it. And I do it every time because Tom's tried to do it and it's no. We did it one time. I Every once in a while, I'm still waiting for him to be like, Tom, do you want to do it this time? And it turned out like uh, we have stuff. Do <laughs> that stuff. I don't know. 
Find it. Google us. Google, the Google yeah. machine. Just put a yeah. Google for God's sake. It's in front of you. And he's like, that was terrible. I'm like, but it was also accurate. So. <laughs> well, hey, on those notes, we appreciate you guys coming on the show and kind of helping some, you know, maybe some nurse practitioners that are kind of on the bubble about wanting to get into some entrepreneurship. Yeah, I can't even say the damn word now. Words are hard. That's part of our merch. Yeah. So. <laughs> Owning if they want to start a business. Yeah, got it. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, guys, thank you very, very much. That was very awesome. And we'll make sure that we get all your stuff down in the show notes too. So sweet. Thanks for having us, guys. Nice. It's been a I blast. Think, yeah, thanks for having us. It's yeah. been fun. <laughs> I, I would like to apologize on uh, Tom's behalf because he won't. Uh, for, you know, all the hate. He'll, he'll realize when he re-listens to the show. When he did. <laughs> the error of my ways. <laughs> yeah. 100 episodes in. I found it. <laughs> It was 101. <laughs> that was the lucky one. So, <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, on those notes, hey, I hope everybody has a great week. Hey, everybody. Stay safe out there. So, now that... Practice swearing just to pass the time. Lately, I see why I am alone. I caught some road bridge and I thought of you. All the many times you say I should have known